Hello and a very warm welcome to the Credibility Coach podcast for coaches, the show that's dedicated to helping you build, grow and scale a successful coaching business wherever you are in the world, whatever coaching niche you're in. Welcome along to the show. It's great to have you here. Today, I'm joined by the amazing, incredible Carrie Kaufman, an action coach, scaling up coach, a successful business coach in her own right, who's given up her time today to join me on the podcast to help you build, grow, scale, and become better at marketing in your coaching business. She's got so many tips to share with us. Carrie left a corporate marketing position a few years ago and has grown a successful and established coaching business, coaching really high tier clients now, but it hasn't always been plain sailing. And also, obviously, the pandemic has happened as well. So that's also a challenge. So Carrie's also going to be sharing with us how she's overcome adversity in her coaching business too, as well as all those awesome bits of value that she can share with us around how to actually grow a business and be successful at coaching but also how to overcome challenges and attract leads and transform them into clients. So thank you, Carrie, for your time. This is going to be an absolutely awesome interview. I'm sure that you're all going to find amazing value. If you're watching on YouTube, hit like and subscribe if you like the content and you want to see more. If you're listening on one of the main podcast streaming platforms, please do leave an honest review. I would love to see what you think of the show. And also hit that subscribe button as well or follow button if you've not done that already. I'd really, really appreciate it. Before I just get on with the show over here, I just want to ask you a question. Do you struggle to attract leads, to transform them into clients? And do you have a system in place that allows you to transform them into clients and nurture them on autopilot for you while you're coaching or living the lifestyle that you want to live? If the answer is yes or no to any of those questions, then you're going to like what I've got to share with you. I've put together a formula, which is the formula that I've basically used over the years to go from employee to successful coaching business. If that interests you and you want a completely free training on the exact formula where I break down step by step on a whiteboard exactly the formula and exactly how to action it in your business to get some quick results then head over to podcastforcoaches.com and you can watch that training completely for free just go to podcastforcoaches.com and you'll see it there right on the home page and you'll also be able to get all of the show notes from today's episode as well Okay, that's out of the way. Let's get on with this awesome interview with Coach Carrie Kaufman. Carrie Kaufman, thank you so much for your time and welcome to the Credibility Coach podcast. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. No, absolutely. And, and thank you so much for your time. I know that we've taken a little, uh, little bit of time to connect, um, but it's amazing to have you on the show. I really appreciate it. And for everybody listening, we've got a fantastic um, show in store for you today. Um, I was connected with Carrie through a um, mutual connection in Peter Balker, who's also been a guest on the podcast before. He absolutely sings your praises, so I'm really excited. Um, but for those people that don't know you, it would be awesome to just to start with introducing yourself and tell us a little bit about you and, and your coaching business. Yeah, so um, I am based in San Diego, California in the United States from the very bottom tip Um, just about 10 minutes drive from Mexico. Um, And this is where I've built my coaching practice since 2005. Um, Well, I guess that's not technically true. For the first couple of years of my coaching business, I was actually uh, uh, employed within a private coaching firm. 
Um, then I took a little hiatus. We moved to Barcelona for a year. And when I came back in 2009 is when I started my current business. So I'm certified with both Action Coach as well as Scaling Up. So those are kind of the two main, I guess, methodologies or, or frameworks that I use to coach my clients. Um, so over the past, I guess, 16 years now, um, I've probably coached well over a thousand businesses, loads of industries, um, some very interesting, <laughs> diverse businesses. Um, but now my main focus is still predominantly on one-to-one coaching. I do facilitate strategic planning. I do run some group events, but um, I don't sell courses or um, much of the like the large group programs like some other coaches do. Um, not that those aren't great programs. It's just not my area of specialty. And what was you, so obviously you're in the business niche, just to, just to clear that one up. What was you doing before you made your uh, your your journey into business coaching? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll back up a little further than what I was doing right before because it's, sure. it's relevant, is that I grew up in a family business. Um, so my dad was, still is a business owner, um, and I worked for the family business starting at age 14. Um, so I got a lot of great business experience at a young age. And my dad was a pretty successful business guy. Um, and so growing up in the family business, he like he acquired another uh, company in a neighboring town and I got to help like integrate those, you know, that the new business into the existing business and he sold his businesses and built another one. So I had all this really great relevant experience, what it was actually like to run a business mm. um, and also to see from a business owner's perspective, that that tension in my dad of wanting to build the business to be all that you know it's capable of, right? To, to, to achieve everything as an entrepreneur that you think you're capable of and achieve all your goals and also make it home in time for dinner with the family. Um, and the, even the balance of caring for people, like to take care of his team. And, and he took that very seriously. The people who worked with him and for him, he wanted to take really great care of. And sometimes that was maybe to the detriment of the business and the bottom line. So there's, a, you know, there are lots of natural tensions that happen when you're growing a business um, that I got to experience. Uh, but ultimately, I thought I was too big for the family business. <laughs> I wanted <laughs> to move on into the corporate world, you know, corporate America. Um, and so I did. I got my master's degree in business. I moved into the corporate marketing space. And I did that for several years. And it was a colleague of mine, a friend, a buddy in the office and he walked into my office one day and he said, I know somebody that does something I think you'd be good at. And he introduced me to a business coach. And that was in 2004. I had never even heard the term business coach. And I was like, is that a real <laughs> thing? Like, <laughs> what do they do? Um, but I met his friend uh, a few months later and it just, it clicked with me really quickly. I think because of my experience in growing up in the family business and knowing what it was like, but also having gone on and got education and, and kind of corporate level experience that I felt like I could help people like my dad. Um, so by 2005, I jumped in and my dad actually was a, a paying client of mine for about three <laughs> years. So that was kind of fun. Um, he's a great client, by the way. Um, so yeah, Co- that's coachable. kind of how I wound up here. He is coachable. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. always good. We, we coach each other. I still take uh, advice, life advice and business advice from him. And um, But he's also, I guess, uh, humble enough to to learn from me. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, thanks so much yeah. for sharing that. I mean, what I'm really intrigued to know is, is like, so what was it that then inspired you to then move on and be a coach yourself? Like from those initial conversations, like what was that spark for you? 
it, I liked, um, I felt like I could just help people. I, I felt like I understood them. Um, I knew what the challenges were and I, and I know what their kind of aspirations are. Um, so I was just really motivated to help people build what they know that they're capable of building. Um, and it's about their own goals, you know, but everybody, every business owner starts with aspirations, whether it's that they want to make a little more money or have a little more free time or they want to, you know, rule the world. They start with these aspirations and over time, when they actually get into running the business, the goals become things like make the payroll, answer mm-hmm. the emails, get the stuff done, right? And, and they can kind of lose sight of why they started the business in the first place. So that's part of, of my mission is to help people build the business that they know they're capable of building. Um, and every single one of my clients would say that would say that they have that in common is that there's untapped potential mm-hmm. that they know they're capable of more and that that um, that's what's driving them forward. So I think when I when I met that other coach and I realized like how he was helping people, what a profound impact it could have. Um, and it's it's fun. It's a rewarding business. You know, you can see not every every job is essential in my opinion, but, but not everybody gets the benefit of actually seeing the fruits of your labor like coaches do like seeing it, mm-hmm. you know, come as, as a result, result in other people and how it positively impacts their lives, whether that's, you know, they make more money or they have less stress or, you know, they create more jobs, um, live better lives. You know, it's, it's, it's fun. So what year was this when you first started out? 2005. 2005. So if you can cast your, your mind back, because obviously I know you're, you're a very um, established coach now. You've got a fantastic YouTube channel. Um, people should go and check out that content as well. That's absolutely amazing. But it wasn't always like that, was it? You wasn't always an established coach. So when you when you started, what was it like actually then coming to that realization out of the corporate marketing world, a journey that I've done as well out of the, the corporate marketing world. So I completely relate to that. What was it like for you then setting up a coaching business from scratch? Well, in my first few years as an employee coach, um, I didn't have to get my own clients. I only had to keep them. Mm-hmm. And I got pretty good at that. Um, I learned that not that it wasn't without challenge, you know, I had to learn the skill of coaching, uh, which is a skill. I think there's a, a lot of people who have business experience, so they think I can help people, but they don't have the skill of how to coach people through that, um, through their challenges and help them um, come to those conclusions for themselves. Um, so I learned that skill early on and I was pretty good at that. But I, when I started my own practice in 2009, um, I had loads of marketing experience for my corporate days. I had loads of business experience um, I had, you know, loads of coaching experience. None of those had ever, ever all lived in the same <laughs> ecosystem. Right. So it, it was a challenge. Like my first year on my own, I was on the slow train for sure. It took me, I think it took me four months to get my first client. And that was not lack of effort at the time I was meeting with every business owner who was willing to talk to me, um, you know, working my tail off really. Uh, but I just, there was a skill gap and there was a, probably a mindset gap as well that it took me a while to kind of dial in how to sell myself and my own value. Um, first selling it to myself that I actually could help these business owners. And then second of all, helping uh, an effective sales process to help them determine if I was a good fit to help them or not. 
And those right. were areas that I definitely had had to grow in my early days. Yeah, that, that's that's a really valid point. I mean, I work with a lot of coaches that are sort I would say are um, not new, new. So they do have a client base, but they're still struggling to sort of formulate their value, if that makes yeah. sense. You know, to identify that. So it really sort of strikes the nerve that you say that. I hear it a lot. And if you're listening right now and you're struggling with those sort of um, challenges you're not alone because I think everybody goes through that identity almost of what is it that I'm doing and where is the value because sometimes what value I've found people think that they provide is actually often different to what the client receives That's um, true. so it, it you know it's, it's a really deep subject and we could talk for hours about that alone but I'm really yeah. interested to hear I mean you touched on some of your challenges particularly at the start what would you say has been your biggest challenge or low point and that you've had to overcome um, in your coaching mm. business so far? Oh, I've had loads. <laughs> Current um, pandemic crisis aside, I guess. Right. I mean, I don't even know that that would rank in the top three, if I'm being honest. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Uh, not, not that it wasn't without challenge because it was, but, um, but when I think through my history, I guess first starter, some of the, some of the the practical things I guess I could point to is that I've had this business longer than I've had my two kids, right? So that means that I was running an independent practice by myself while having babies um, who are now eight and 10. Uh, but, you know, going through taking time off as a mother and kind of the newborn in the earlier years and that tension of wanting to be a good mom and a good wife, um, daughter, friend, all those things, but also like really still trying to get my business um, stable and off the ground. So those were some challenges, but I think the most significant one that I had was a few years ago. Um, I had some stuff happen that was, um, really rocked my confidence. Um, and it was interpersonal issues. It was was kind of mostly to deal with my personal life, but it really bled over into my business because of just some toxic relationships and some things that, that transpired. Um, but I think the most expensive thing that, that you can lose in business is your confidence. Like you can spend money on marketing that doesn't work. Like you can waste loads of time and money on things, but when you lose your confidence, like it's really, really hard to recover and you get into that negative mo- momentum, like momentum can work for you and it can work against you. And at that point in time it was working against me. Um, so I'd have some good weeks and some bad weeks where, you know, I'm, I'm a coach. I can, I can pull myself together. I can get my affirmations going. I can set my goals and I can, you know, take action, right? My business is action business coaching. So um, I know all the things and, um, you know, like I said, I'd have some good times and some bad times, um, but my energy and my, just like my focus and my confidence, it was, there was this constant drain on it. Um, it was a really, really challenging season that lasted for, for several months. Um, I guess even kind of drug on even longer than that, but what I went back to during that season was, first of all, I leaned into to my coach. I have a coach for my business, um, and I have for the past 11 years. Um, that's another story, by the way, when my business really first started to take off. Um, but um, I went back to short-term goals. Um, so I still had some longer-term visions and goals, but I, I think momentum is built in the short-term. Momentum is not built in the long-term. Momentum is built on activities, not results. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you don't always get the, the instant gratification of the fruits of your labor of the thing that you do today might not pay off for, you know, a long time. So I had to go back to like, what can I control right now? What's one thing I can do today that will advance my goals, 
um, and just do like some 10 day sprints, some one week sprints um, to really focus on like just just kind of turning that tide and shifting that momentum to say like, I, I am taking control and building some things up and just have the faith that it will pay off uh, again and kind of pull myself out of that rut that I was in. Yeah, literally taking action. L- literally, yeah. 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 And so what would you say are the main things that you learned coming through those challenging times? And would you approach it the same way today as, as you did back then? Um, it's easy to say in hindsight to just let go of some things, you know, some um, head trash um, or, you know, whatever it is. It, it's easy to say from the outside. Mm. Um, so I could say in hindsight, that's what I would have done. I would have not let it get me so far down or for so long. Um, so I guess I probably would have just tightened up that time frame a little bit more. You know, the, the things that I did that ultimately helped to get me back on track um, I probably just, I wasted too much time feeling sorry for myself or feeling kind of down in the dumps or just really kind of getting a little bit lazy in my business as a result, taking my foot off the gas just cause I was distracted. Yeah. Um, so just to take action faster and focus on, even if it's as small as like one thing every day, it might not even be a big thing, but just knowing that every single day, if you did one thing to advance your business and you've won the day, um, even if there is 99 things you didn't do or you did them wrong, um, you don't have to win everything to win the day. You don't have to win every day to win the week. Mm. There's going to be a lot of coaches listening right now um, that are struggling. You know, obviously, at the time of recording this, depending on when you, the listener, are listening, uh, we are still sort of through the the back end of the second wave of the pandemic, really. Um, So there is going to be a lot of coaches currently struggling. Um, And would you mind sharing some of those actions that you did take? I mean, I appreciate that one size doesn't fit all, but if there's anything specifically related to your mindset that helped you come through that, I mean, I'm sure people would massively find value because you are a testament to digging deep and, you know, getting, getting over it and getting through it. Um, and it'd be great to hear any specific actions that you can recall that, that you took to help you through. Yeah, and I'll I'll even shift and talk more uh, pandemic specific if that would be sure. helpful. Sure. Yeah. Because um, I also wasted a lot of time early, early in the pandemic. I remember days of sitting at my desk, like I don't really know what to do with myself. I don't really know what to do with my clients. Um, so you know, I kind of sp- I spun out for a little bit. My business took a little bit of a dip. Um, but again, it was focusing on the activities. So a, a couple things that I did um, was I use, um, I don't always use this, but I'll, I'll frequently use like a habit tracker or like a daily scorecard. So like I've actually got mine like right here, right? Um, awesome. If you can see it, but it's, it's just, you can do it on a post-it note or make it in an Excel spreadsheet or just Google habit tracker and you'll find loads of templates but it was just focus on the daily disciplines that I wanted to do every single day. And then every day you check off if you did it or not. So, you know, you can write whatever you want on the list. But for me, it was things like, like, first of all, making sure that my energy was up. So did I exercise? Did I, you know, like kind of get spiritually and mentally set for the day? Um, am I drinking enough water? Am I getting enough sleep? Am I calling my parents? Um, you know, just the things to make sure that I'm like physically and emotionally in balance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the activities for the business could be, did I connect with a prospect? Did I check in with a client? Um, did I do something on my marketing? 
So I did spend a lot of time early in the pandemic and still um, investing in my marketing with just uh, trying to put out good content. And I was coming from the spirit of like, I just want to help people right now, even if I don't make money on it, even if they can't pay me. Um, I just feel that I'm I'm here for this kind of season um, to be a resource for people. So I started putting out even more videos. Um, some of my workshops that I normally would charge for, I opened up kind of on an honor system, like pay what you can, here's the fee. If you can pay that, then pay it. If you can't afford it, pay nothing if you don't have to. Like, I just want you here. I want to help. Mm. Um, so I think that that kind of helped me to recenter my mindset and get out of the scarcity mentality and focus instead on what all coaches truly care about is helping other people. But, right. but it's hard when you are feeling scarce or stressed to make it about yourself again. Yes. So I tried really hard to not make it about myself. Um, and to just focus on like, the activities and what I could do and who I could reach out to. And I did learn that there's lots of businesses who were not majorly affected by the pandemic. I had um, one or two clients who were hit pretty significantly hard. Um, loads who were hit to some extent, maybe not significant, you know, minor to moderate. And others that were doing better. You know, so focusing on like, what are the industries that aren't as limited in this environment? Um, and I'm fortunate, I, I already tended to coach a lot of service-based businesses. I don't, um, I didn't have any restaurants or retail in my client roster at the time. So I was a bit fortunate that most of my clients were able to transition to remote work and still keep going. Um, so it just kind of helped me to, to say like, look, it's not, the sky is not falling. Things are challenging, no doubt, but there, I don't need every business in the world to be my client. I just need a few. And there's right. still plenty out there who are growing or are looking for help and support. And I just need to find those yeah, absolutely. or help them find me. Well, wow. I mean, that was just a massive uh, detonation of value right there. I appreciate that. Uh, I absolutely want to talk to you more about your marketing. I'm going to come to that in a little bit because okay. that. I get so many requests and so much feedback on more marketing tips on getting clients, attracting leads, blah, 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 that, you know, that whole conversation. Um, but you mentioned something earlier and you said that there was this sort of light bulb or takeoff moment or realization in your coaching business that sort of transformed things for you, that took things to the next level. Um, do you recall what that was, you know, or was it, uh, you know, obviously there's never normally just one thing. There's a, there's a series of events that happen, but what was that for you? Um, yeah, I can tell you exactly what it was. And, and when, and uh, when was that Carrie? It was in 2010. Again, I started my practice in 2009. So about a year in, um, I hired a coach <laughs> Funny and that, that changed everything. Um, I know it sounds obvious, but I, I believe coaches should be congruent. If we're asking our clients to be paying us, then you darn well better put your money where your mouth is. And you're a business owner too. You can't see your own stuff, right? As one of my mentors says, you can't see when you've got toilet paper stuck to your own shoe. <laughs> <laughs> it I takes like an outsider to see that. Um, so I hired my first business coach and he helped me so much. His name is Andrew Johnston. He's uh, based in New Zealand. And um, at the time, remember, my challenge was conversion. I was talking to as many business owners as I could, but I was terrible at selling myself and my own value. So he helped me get really good at uh, what we call finding my feet. Um, so going through the sales process, uh, 
because maybe a lot of, of, of listeners can relate to this where you meet with someone, you kind of have your discovery session or whatever, your strategy session, whatever you call it. And they go like, wow, this is so helpful. Thank you so much for the information. I'm just not sure if I can afford it. I'm just not sure if the time means right. Like you get these objections at the end. And what I realized is your, your sales process, you shouldn't have to worry about overcoming objections as much as you worry about preventing objections. Your sales process should remove them all as you go so that by the time you're ready to ask somebody to enroll in your coaching program, all of their concerns have been satisfied. They already see the value. They know that they're going to get a return on investment of working with you, or they're going to get whatever it is that that they want that you're offering in your program. Their objections have already been addressed as they go. Um, So he helped me get really good at how I ask questions um, and going deeper into my question asking sequences um, to really help business owners kind of have those light bulb moments like, wow, now I get how this works. Now I can really see how Carrie's going to add a lot of value to my business. I can see how there's all this untapped potential in my business that maybe they weren't even really um, seeing that now they see. It's like, wow, we, I see we can get some quick results and coaching is going to pay for itself. Um, so that was a skill set that I had to learn with how to ask really good questions that I just um, wasn't as good at as I, as I thought I was or as I needed to be. Was you finding um, that? that well, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I mean, was you finding then before you had that realization and then you worked with Andrew to sort of overcome that challenge, was you finding then that you were ha- actually getting on calls with people and losing losing the potential relationship because that, you know, you identified that that was the problem? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Because I was getting meetings. Right. I just was not enrolling clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, and it could be a lot of reasons. It, the main reason was because I was bad at sales, right? It could have also been, maybe I was meeting with some of the wrong people. Um, but I was just out there by brute force getting meetings because I was just networking and, you know, doing as much as I could, like anybody who would be willing to sit down with me and say, yeah, let me help you out. Let's you were do hustling. That. Um, yeah. I was hustling for sure. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't have kids at the time. So I was hustling like, you know, 20 <laughs> hours a day. Um, and getting nowhere. Uh, <laughs> but when I started um, really kind of slowing down my sales process, I believe in a sales process, every step is only meant to sell the next step, right? Your, your marketing is not designed to sell coaching. Your, all your marketing needs to do is sell them to take the next step. Yes. Which, um, how do you want them to engage with you? And, and it might depend on the marketing. Maybe you just want them to click on your thing, you know, to watch your video, to like, kind of raise their hand somehow. If, they, if you want them to schedule a 15 minute call or subscribe to your list or, you know, whatever the next step is in that sequence. And then that step's got to sell the step after that. So the only time you're selling coaching is for me at step 12. Yeah. Right. The first 11 steps are selling each other, kind of building up to preparing them to make a buying decision. Um, and not asking too soon for that until you've really identified what are their pain points, where are the hidden opportunities, where can I add the most value um, to pay for myself, and um, to know that even to know that we're a good uh, good connection. That's one of the things that's most important to me because I do one-on-one coaching. Is that it's the chemistry's got to be right too, right? The return on investment's got to be there, but I've, we've got to genuinely enjoy working with each other, um, and that's 
a critical factor in keeping clients. Yeah, and that doesn't just happen, right? And when when I have this conversation with people, and I promise we're going to come to marketing properly in a minute, but I, I have these conversations with coaches where they are literally telling me that they're trying to sell a relationship to people that they've literally just met um, and often digitally as well, not necessarily in person, especially now not in person. Sure. And it blows and it blows my mind. It blows my mind that people are trying to give somebody what tell somebody what they need right now and treat it as though they know them and they can solve all of their problems, you know, in one video or one phone call, etc. And exactly. it, it's all about targeting the wants, not the needs at the very yeah. start. And actually getting I heard, a uh, somebody, I don't remember who I heard say this years ago, but it stuck with me. It's like it's like proposing marriage right. over like a dating app. Yes. Absolutely. You, know, you haven't earned the right yet. You don't, you know, there's no relationship there. They they don't even know if you're what they're looking for or vice yeah. versa. Absolutely. You wouldn't walk into a bar, walk up to the bar, go to the person, would you like to come and marry me? Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. whatever floats your boat, right? But yeah, I, mean, I guess it could work. <laughs> so well, let's get on to the holy grail then for everybody listening right now they all want to know the answer to this question Carrie and we're hoping no pressure but that you can share some gold um I'm going to say it I'm just going to say it to you how do you get coaching clients and what works for you I feel like there should be a drum roll for this question but yeah and I don't have um one truth bomb to share with you I will share that it has evolved and my strategies have changed over the years um so in my early days, my best strategy was networking, um, mostly because I had no database. Um, we had just moved back to San Diego after living in Barcelona. The, the few people that I did know here were not business owners. They were you know, friends and acquaintances or former uh, colleagues, but I didn't, I didn't have a database of my target audience. Right. Yeah. So I just had to get out there and build it as quickly as possible. But my best conversion strategy at that time was seminars. Um, or maybe webinars uh, this day and age. Um, And I found, I actually measured it, that my conversion rate was higher if they would attend a seminar or webinar before our strategy session. Um, Now, my conversion rate's pretty much the same no matter what, but that's only because I've gotten better. In my early days, I needed that as a conversion mechanism because it gave me an hour or two hours to build credibility. So that they knew by the end of that um, workshop or whatever it was, like they already had an idea of like, they got some good value out of it. They liked my ideas. They, they like my philosophy on business. They like me, you know, they think they already know that they think I can help them. And then the strategy session was much easier because then we just kind of had to work out like the how and the logistics and the finances and things like that. Um, so that in my early days was very, very helpful. So I had to learn how to get good at, at, filling my events um, because that fueled my sales cycle. Um, One of the things I started doing, this is where the the dots start to connect, is when I was promoting my event, um, I started doing content-based marketing. So back in the early days, like the very first video I did was 2011 and I had a little flip cam. I don't (laughs) know if you remember those. They had a very short life. And you can see me stand up and push the button and then like, you know, push it again to turn it off. Like terrible lighting. It was, <laughs> and not that my videos are that much better these days. They're still very uh, mediocre. If I'm being No, honest. I've seen your content. Uh, it's amazing. Everybody should check out your YouTube <laughs> oh, thank channel. You. <laughs> 
Um, but my, my content was good. My very first video was called how to compete based on value and not price. And I sent that out to my database to promote a, a seminar that I was giving. And I said, Hey, here's a little tip for you, how to compete based on value, not price. Um, if you get good value out of this and you want to learn more on this topic, I'm running the seminar. And I had more people come to that seminar than anyone I had given prior. And people mentioned the video. People would write me back. Um, somebody said, hey, I've watched that video four times. That was so helpful. I was like, wow, okay, maybe I should do that more often. So I did, you know, inconsistently, but I just started, I realized that when I um, promoted, like by adding value, adding content, um, that, you know, it was giving first, right? Givers gain. Um, it also, I didn't always have like a really strong call to action in my email blast. I wanted to train people to always open my emails. My emails are always valuable. Even if I have a call to action, like I'm still giving value at the same time. Um, and I learned that from talking more. He talks about how most coaches struggle with that balance of like giving and selling. And we treat it like two different things. And he's like, they've actually got to be like intertwined. Like you, there's never a point when you stop giving and start selling. Like you're always um, selling while you give and giving while you sell. Absolutely. So that became my marketing approach. Um, another great tip that I got from Taki was to market myself, to market in my own voice. I came from a corporate marketing, so I tended to market in a more formal kind of way. And I think I see a lot of coaches make that mistake that they kind of use this kind of generic kind of language. And when I started writing my marketing, like writing my email blast, how I actually speak, um, it started, it just made loads of difference, yes. right? Um, so that was kind of the beginning of my content marketing strategy, which is pretty much exclusively what I do now. Like all of my leads are inbound. Um, they find me. It's hard to tell where sometimes because they, they, they probably, let's say they usually start with Google but maybe they'll find some online reviews or maybe they'll find my YouTube or my social media or my website. Um, even if they get referred to me, they still go online and check me out sometimes before they call. Of course, so yeah. um, it drives a lot of inbound leads. But what I, the value of building my marketing system this way is that now the marketing does all the heavy lifting for me. Like by the time people call or reach out, they already know, like they're pretty sure at least that they want to work with me. Mm-hmm. And there's probably lots of people who watch my videos and stuff that that don't like me, and those people don't call, and I don't know about them, and that's okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly, that's <laughs> um, okay. But the ones who do like me, and they or they like my style, they like my voice, um, my my marketing, my messaging voice. Um, then those are the ones that call, and it, so it just makes the sales process go a lot smoother. So that's kind of a long answer, but like that's kind of how like my early days of marketing evolved into where how I do it now yeah, um, was, was a bit accidental uh, at the time. Yeah, look, listen, that, that's fantastic. Thank you for sharing it. It's, it always intrigues me. And do you know what? It's so nice to talk to somebody like yourself that actually gets it. Because first and foremost, one, the biggest thing that I've learned in my career is that I started out as a marketer first, like you did, and then I went into coaching. And a lot of coaches, majority of coaches most statistics are made up so I'm going to say 99% of coaches don't have a marketing first mindset naturally that's not their fault right they you said it yourself you just want to provide a solution for your clients you want to be a credible coach 
and you want to do well for yourself and for your clients. And if ever, if the client's doing well, you're doing well because then you get a referral, hopefully, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right? So there's no there's no wonder why people coaches are not focusing on why well, I need to be a marketer first, I need to be a media company first, and a coach second. And I guess what we're saying together here, Carrie, is that we're not saying to people to do one more than the other. We're saying that you've got to do both. Um, yeah. You know, you you can't you can't just want to be a coach and then expect that you're going to get clients just because you can coach. It's just not that's not valid these days. You need to be standing out in that crowd. What is there any particular places that you go to to find out? what content to create like what's your approach to creating content that is going to quote unquote generate a lead for you uh now i get it mostly from my clients so if you're already established enough at least have a few clients um you probably find yourself in patterns if if you're doing one-to-one coaching at least where you you know you find yourself saying like the same thing five times in the same (laughs) week yes with different clients but it just you see these patterns come up so when I see that, when I feel like I've said, I've repeated myself this week to different people, um, I, ch- I make a note of it. Right. Um, or sometimes it's a lesson that, that they've learned. Like they'll share uh, like an aha moment with me. Um, it might be inspired by a podcast I listen to or a book. Um, but I, I keep a log of ideas. I just, on my, um, my, my app and my phone, anytime I get an idea for a video, I just jot it down. Yeah, I do exactly um, the same. I've just got, I've got Evernote, I've got Apple Notes, I've got a notepad yeah. like, with a pen. It's just spread all over the place. It comes to me at any time. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes the whole thing will surface, and sometimes I'll just get one thought or maybe a title or one point, and, and then later on I come back and develop it out uh, more fully. But um, if you just look around you, if your if your eyes are open to it, we have all the content we need. Like there, we're never at a lack of sharing value and what we know, um, what you've experienced, you know, with your database. Um, it's just that sometimes we're not, we're just not aware of it. We're not thinking about it. We're on to the next thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what, what channels like social channels are working best for you? And I appreciate you've got a YouTube channel. Um, but what we'd say, I suppose, uh, non-video channels, I mean, they're all sort of video yeah. these days, but the other ones, you know, anything working well for you? I suppose LinkedIn mm-hmm. um, is probably working the best. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook for business. Um, it never ceases to amaze me that like a, a post that does like really well on one of those platforms will totally go nowhere <laughs> yeah. on another one. And then a different post could be the exact opposite. Um, so I do them all um, with you know pretty much all the same content, maybe minor customizations to fit that platform. Um, but I think one of the most powerful things right now that help people find me is like the Google, my business listing. Right. Um, I, I believe that's becoming increasingly important, even more so than your website to some extent. Um, cause Google favors it. Um, so I put a lot of effort into generating online reviews on my Google, my business page, just making sure it's up to date, adding photos, adding posts. Um, so this is essentially so, a page that you can create on Google that lists you as a business. So when it's people basically what Google Google Maps, yes, right. Um, mm-hmm. Except it, it's now called Google My Business because it is a bit more robust than just maps. So if people Google business coach near me and they just happen to be near you, you're going to appear yep. at the top of that list, right? Yep. 
if you Google business coach San Diego, likely my map listing will be one of the, the first organic hits to come up. Right. Um, I've tested that incognito windows. You might get a different result um, based on where you are geographically, but um, that's a pretty consistent result that that I'll show up multiple times on page one. But the um, you, know, you get the paid ads and then you get the map results and then you get the organic. Mm-hmm. So if you're first on the map, you're first on the page, right? People kind of, you know, if they're scrolling past the paid ads, as a lot of people do, um, then that's the first thing they see. And, you know, Google is trying to kind of recreate to where the, uh, a shopper, right, a, a Googler can find most of the highlights of what you offer in your business on your Google My Business listing without even going to your website, whether it's your hours and location, the testimonials, the services you provide, um, can all be listed right there. So the, the And that's key, more, right? The testimonials. I mean, you've mentioned it previously as well while talking, and that's such a critical element of building credibility and getting yep. that call or getting that inquiry because if you've not got your testimonials on there, and look, it doesn't matter if you're just starting out, and you know you've been coaching your dad, right? Or, you, or you've been coaching your work colleague, or whatever. Get a testimonial from them. Get Absolutely. some get some words, and you know, get them on your Google My Business page or your Facebook page or whatever it is. Just make sure you're getting the testimonials from these people, right? In fact, in my early days, um, I'm also on a website called Yelp, which I don't yes. know if you have that in the UK. Yes, a, we do. A big review yeah. site here. Um, I leveraged that more in my earlier days less so now, but I'm still on there. Um, but majority of the testimonials I got there several years ago were not even from clients. Most of them were from people who attended my seminars and never signed up for coaching. But I would just ask them, hey, if you got good value out of the seminar, um, the highest compliment you could pay me uh, would be to leave a five-star review on this website. Um, and you don't necessarily have to talk about me, like, but share what you think might help another business owner. Like if you were online searching for, Hey, should I check this out? Would this be a good use of my time? Like what would help you decide if you should attend a seminar like this, or if you should um, give us a call? Um, So I would, I would try to position it. Like I didn't want them to just think about helping me. I wanted them to think about helping other people like them. Uh, What would help you if you were in their shoes? Uh, And that was a really powerful way to start collecting online reviews and testimonials from people who probably honestly never paid me a dime um, but ended up adding loads of value to my business just through that one um, act of kindness. And if the, if people listening right now, if you don't know where to go to find out what your clients or potential clients are searching for, literally you've got it free in front of you in this moment. Pull up Google, type in how do I or how to or biggest problems with or etc. just those words. And then type your niche in. So, for example, if you were a business coach like Carrie, you could type in, how do I grow my business with? And then Google will populate an automatic suggestion based on what people have been searching for. Or how do I increase, uh, how do I reduce recruitment costs for my? And then it might populate it with manufacturing business or, or shoemaking company, you know, whatever. I'm just speculating. But try it. Just pull up Google, type some speculative stuff in, and then if you look in the all people also search for box on Google, you'll start to see related searches to that too, and you'll start to all of a sudden build yourself up a list of frequently asked questions by the people that you want to coach, and then you can use that as an inspiration to create content. It's a very simple 
a hack, but not a lot of people know about it because yeah, you're not you're thing. not a marketer first, right? So yeah. who knows? Could help somebody. Um, Carrie, thanks for your time. I, I'm conscious of the time as well. Um, what I would love to know right now from you, if possible, is what's what in your coaching business now in the current day as we speak. What is really exciting you and are keeping you motivated? Um, making you get out of bed and, and do your best for your clients every day in your coaching business right now? Oh, there's so many things. <laughs> um, it ultimately, it hasn't changed. I still love helping business owners. Um, I've been working with slightly larger businesses over the past couple of years, working on more strategic planning, um, leadership. And I feel like it's just giving me, um, it's increasing my impact through increasing their impact. And that's really exciting for me. Um, I've also been doing a fair amount more speaking, uh, virtual at the moment. Um, although we are trying to get some in-person events on the calendar for later this year and next year. Um, but that's also super fun and energizing for me. I love that part of my, my business as well, just cause it, it gives me some leverage. I can help more people in that environment than I could help on a one-to-one basis. Even though I do really love one-to-one coaching. I like that, that mix for myself. Yes, that's amazing. And I'm not going to dive into to years and start reflecting on age, etc. As as we both naturally, all of us get older day by day. But you're obviously not in the same place now with your coaching business and with your coaching skills as well as you was when you first started. Sure. Um, so what are you doing either subconsciously or even deliberately to constantly improve yourself as a coach and you mentioned now you work with larger corporations and it's more strategic you know mm-hmm. bigger fry basically um yep. obviously you've had to get to that point so yes. what what have you been doing to develop yourself to be able to attract those those bigger clients yeah i have a um a budget for myself, for my own personal growth and development. So being an action coach, um, we have a couple of conferences per year that I attend every one of them live or virtual. Um, a couple years ago, I got my scaling up certification, which was critical in reaching those mid market companies, because that's what that program is designed to do. They also have their conferences and their training. Um, and I just make sure that I'm attending also one or two per year, that are outside of that, that may or may not have anything to do with coaching. Maybe it's another skill set or personal growth or development or on speaking or on PR or on something else. It's maybe a complimentary, but, but that's an outside perspective. So right. this year I'm getting certified in the DISC assessment. I've already completed that um, in emotional intelligence um, assessments and uh, coaching as well. So I just always have the next level of what's the next skill I want to learn um, the next people I want to learn from, um, I'm an avid listener of podcasts and audiobooks. Mm-hmm. Um, so just never stop learning. Yeah, no, that, that's awesome. Um, right. This round is called the lightning round. Okay. So I'm going to give okay. you some quick fire questions. So, um, no pressure, but I'm going mm-hmm. to give you some quick fire questions, um, designed to sort of give us a glimpse, um, a little bit about yourself, um, and, just what you're doing right now in the world. Um, so here we go. Um, what was holding you back from growing your coaching business? Not taking enough action. Perfect. And what is the best advice you've ever received about coaching? 
<laughs> I'll give you two. Uh, in my early days, it was um, to market in my own voice that made a big impact on my marketing was to just be myself and be comfortable with that. Uh, my later years, <laughs> more recently, it came from my coach, Peter Bulka, who you mm -hmm. uh, mentioned earlier. And he challenged me a few years ago and he says, this is getting too easy for you. And he, of course, he does it in his British accent. So it's so much more charming than when I say it. Is you're working below your skill level and it's becoming inappropriate. And he really kind of kicked me out of my comfort zone. And that was really great advice that I needed to get to the next level. I love Peter. Peter's um, a long standing uh, friend of the show and a client. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's very straight talking. He yeah, he, there's probably a few more <laughs> swear words in there that I, I left out. <laughs> and um, do you have a tool or resource? For example, I mentioned I used Evernote earlier, you know, uh -huh. um, that you're in love with or you want to share with our listeners that productivity wise, I guess, that's really helping you out, whether that's personally or professionally. Uh, yeah, a really simple one that I use is this uh, app called Tick Tick. Right. It's just a task app, but uh, you can make different categories. So I pretty much use it to manage my entire life. That's where I keep my to do list. <laughs> Um, it even, you know, even leads that I'm following up with client work I need to do even home stuff, you know, stuff in my personal life, like, and it, because it's on desktop and my phone, like wherever I'm at, I could be laying in bed at 10 o'clock at night, something pops into my head. I just capture it real quick. And then it doesn't have to live in my mind for the rest of the night. Um, so it just kind of helps me stay organized and productive. And every day I've got my list ready to go. Um, help me stay on top of things. So it's good to hear the tools that um, the successful coaches are using. And I think other people love to get inspired by that sort of thing. I've never heard of Tick Tick before, and I'd consider myself quite a tech geek um, and apps and stuff. How are you spelling that? T-I-C-K-T-I-C-K. -I -I okay. Tick Tick, brilliant. And is it just There's on... There's of competitive apps out there that do pretty much the same thing. This yeah. one has minor functionality that I happen to like. Yeah. Um, but there's there's tons of options out there that are comparable. If, if it's working for you, it's going to work for other people, right? That's the main thing. So that's awesome. I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, just go to podcastforcoaches.com and you can find the show notes for today's show. Um, right. A couple more questions for you. Um, what is your favorite business book or podcast or YouTube channel right now? Um, <laughs> you can't say your own, right? You can't say your own no, YouTube no, channel. No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> um this is another one that's hard to pick one. I would say my my big picture answer is anything by Jim Rohn. Yes, love it. Um, especially on audio. If I've got some of the old audio CDs, even though I don't even own a CD player anymore. Um, but in the more modern days, uh, Patrick Lencioni is also one of my my favorites. I just love how practical his content is. Um, so what's the what's the main what's the main topic that you're getting there by listening to those guys? Uh, Jim Rohn, I would say, is is personal growth and development. Mm -hmm. uh, but it is business focused, um, but it would certainly apply even to life coaches or other, uh, any other kind of coach who's on the call would probably be relevant for them as well. Um, Patrick Lencioni is, I would say he's mostly a leadership expert. So he talks a lot about leadership, uh, executive team health, you know, or team health overall. Um, so those are two of my go-tos, but the, gosh, there's so many. <laughs> there are, yeah, I know. We could have a whole other show just on that, yeah. right? Um, so who inspires you, Carrie? Um, I, I appreciate sometimes these can change over time at different stages of your business, but has there been a consistent for you that inspires you professionally? Yeah, anybody who's doing things that are, are bigger than I'm doing. And so it could be for different reasons. For some people, it's because they have a bigger audience or a bigger impact. 
um, or because they're maybe more of an expert on something. So um, Kevin Lawrence is one uh, person who comes to mind. He's a, a coach in Canada, um, written a great book called Your Oxygen Mask First. And he's just, um, he has, he's a no-nonsense executive coach, like results-oriented, no question about it. But he puts such a heavy focus on mental health, um, you know, kind of emotional balance, um, knowing that no business owner, no coach, no executive can really operate the best business at that, that, uh, as possible if they are not healthy, uh, you know, mentally and physically. So, um, he would be one. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. And that funnily enough, our mutual friend, Peter Balker, he's actually got, um, Mr. Lawrence on a live webinar uh, yeah. about 10 days actually from this time of recording but it'll also be available as a replay it's gonna be very inspirational so i would highly recommend people checking out peter balker and his youtube channel and this uh, webinar as well based yeah. on the fact that he's such an inspiration in carrie kaufman's life um <laughs> so there, there's a double he's whammy been a great for mentor you. to me both of them have and peter introduced me to kevin so that that explains that uh, wow well i mean we've really put them on a pedestal so they've got no pressure yeah. now to go and deliver um <laughs> i'll make sure the links are all in the show notes for you at podcastforcoaches.com um where can people um go to connect with you carrie what's the best place um gosh i'm, I'm pretty much everywhere so if you know my name carrie kaufman and how to spell it which will probably be uh in these notes it's k-a-u-f-m-a-n-n for everybody that, that wants to uh, and i'm not going to claim that i memorized that i'm looking at zoom right now and i can see it underneath your <laughs> underneath your video feed uh, but it's yeah, carrie pretty, kaufman pretty yeah so yeah you so you can find me on linkedin instagram youtube uh facebook so i'd love to connect with other other coaches feel free to to reach out to me on whatever platform um, of your preference amazing thank you very much um, the only thing i'm not really good at is twitter yeah I'm, me too me around. too you know i you know what i find the environment quite toxic on there so i, I tend to avoid it um yeah seems to be a lot of conflict going on which is freedom of speech fair enough but it's just not for me um not freedom of speech i mean the, the channel right. <laughs> um, <laughs> that would be a bit weird um you've got an amazing youtube channel um i'm going to put the link to your youtube channel in the comments because i feel that one you mentioned before that you know if somebody's considering working with you they do tend to snoop around and they do have a little look and check people out um so you never know there could be some potential clients right now listening to this so i would highly advise going and checking out the awesome valuable content that's business related on carrie's youtube channel and if you are a coach listening right now which most of you will be and you need some inspiration on content as well and actually how this is done go and check out Carrie's YouTube channel because it's awesome. Um, Carrie, have you got a URL for that or would you just put that in the link for you? Yeah, it is youtube.com slash Carrie Kaufman. Perfect. Thank you very much. Well, listen, thank you so much for your time, Carrie. It's been absolutely amazing talking to you. Genuinely, the what you've shared has been so open and honest and I really, really appreciate that. Um, I'm going to leave our audience with one final thing. Um, what advice do you have for any coaches right now that are just starting out or they're really struggling to grow their business, what would you say to them right now? Stop trying to be all things to all people. Just pick a path and get on it. You can add more later, you can adjust later, but just you pick a lane and do one thing that, that you're good at and that you enjoy and focus on that first just to build some momentum. Amazing. On behalf of everyone, Carrie, thanks so much. Thank you. This is fun. 
What a fantastic interview. Thank you so much for your time for joining us today. And thank you so much to Carrie again for her time, for taking the time out and volunteering to come on the show to share that with you. I really, really appreciate it. And I I just think we can't get enough of learning from each other. It's really, really critical to take our businesses to the next step is to open up our minds and learn from others that have gone before us or others that are doing the same as we're doing right now so we can collaborate and be better. Like Carrie said at one point in that interview, you know, there's millions of businesses out there, but she only really needs a handful to make her business successful. So we shouldn't be so guarded on sharing our tips and strategies and how we overcome adversities, right? Sharing is caring, as they say. It's a bit cliche, but I guess it's true, right? That's what the whole podcast is about. So thank you again to Carrie. I really appreciate it. Now, I remember telling you at the start of the show, I'm sure I did, that if you are struggling to attract leads and transform them into clients in your business and you don't already have a system in place in your business where you're able to take leads and nurture and transform them into clients on autopilot for you you're going to absolutely love my free training at podcastforcoaches.com it's the formula that actually allowed me to quit my job and become a successful coach myself and I'm sharing that formula completely for free it's a free online training. So just go to podcastforcoaches.com and you can watch it right now. There's also a few other free, few other freebies on there as well, such as a webinar guidebook, how to look great on camera, etc. for your coaching business, all free. You can find it on the homepage at podcastforcoaches.com. That's it from me. If you're watching on YouTube, please hit like and subscribe if you found value today. And if you're listening over on any of the major podcast streaming platforms, I'd really appreciate your honest review and you hitting subscribe if you like the content and I'll continue to make more awesome helpful content on the podcast for coaches dedicated to helping you build grow and scale a successful coaching business stay safe stay well and I wish you nothing but success all the best take care